He looked at her and laughed. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, what is an episode? It doesn't start with giggles. Right. And I feel like that's our brand. Like we don't have a a theme song, so the giggles. <laughs> oh my God, guys. Can you believe it? We're back. Oh my God. And it's season two, episode six, that old black magic. Baby. I feel they need to add baby to everything for this for this season. I don't know. Since uh she's a man, baby a man, everything has to be like that old black magic, baby. <laughs> I feel like that sentence is copywritten somewhere. Oh, probably. Yeah. I, I believe mean, steal ideas from everything else, aka the Blair Witch Project. Why not steal that? Oh. <laughs> Wow, you know what? If this is your first time listening, my name is Ray and I'm joined by my co-host. John Nell. We're not perpetually anything. We are we are determined to bang this episode out. Part uh, two. We tried to. We tried uh yesterday. And I will definitely post some videos from that so people might be confused when they actually listen to the episode. Because those first 47 minutes were wild. They were wild. They and nothing were got recorded. You know? Nothing. 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 It's... <sighs> <At all. laughs> it wasn't yeah. meant the the universe didn't want that to come out. That's what it is. You know what? I got to go grocery shopping. I got Me stuff done. Um, but I yeah. actually did leave the house because I was going stir crazy. We left the house. We went to a really bad Oktoberfest, and then he took me for steak. So it works out well. You know the men in the steak. Oh my god, I'm still dreaming of that Brazilian steakhouse we went to last week. You know, I, I feel like what about the Brazilian steakhouse I took you to? Hmm. What about the Brazilian steakhouse I took but, you to? He's not uh, first in anything. <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, when we went to that Brazilian steakhouse, I was also in the middle of a migraine and I spent most of the time in the bathroom throwing up and then in the back seat of your car. <laughs> <laughs> Insert sex joke here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this time I actually have medication, so I'm partly medicated. I can't. I am so excited to stop breastfeeding so I can go back on my meds because Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so like, um, I took my migraine pill and I took my anti-nausea pill before we went to the Brazilian steakhouse. And like, oh, uh, I ate food. And if you know me personally, that's not a thing I do. That is, you posted the picture of breakfast, and I was like, I don't even know why she ordered a full breakfast because she's not going to finish that. And like twenty minutes later, you posted the picture of like two bites. I ate like four bites, <laughs> a bacon strip, and like a third of an egg. I don't know why you just don't pay for like an extra plate and stop ordering full meals and just eat off of it. Oh my God. Or order off like the kids menu because Jesus, all that money wasted because you never finished. I'm actually really surprised you like ate at the Brazilian Steakhouse. Yo, I ate more than him. 
Like he tapped out and I was like, no, let's keep going. The trick is to treat that shit like a wine tasting. If yes. it's a good wine, you spit it out. I mean, sorry, if it's a good wine, you finish it. And if it's a bad wine, you spit it out. Yeah. So you I mean, at a wine tasting, I was gobbling everything. So I mean, yes, that. yeah, but you have to also pace yourself because the next time you guys come down here, we have to plan it. There's a wine tasting in North Carolina and they expect you to get drunk. So they pick you up and bring you back home. Well, yeah, that's we, that's the one I went on with my sister-in-law. It was like in Long Island and we had like the limo and everything. Anybody else? Like I feel like you know my Scorpio Virgo self by now. I don't care about anybody else. Okay. Fine. You're right. You're right. I'd be forgetting. This episode episode sucks. And be prepared for like tangents because I was fully looking at you and not at the screen that has all the things about this episode because it is so bad. I was so enthralled with you, but like I said, Wait, we, before we even get into the episode, listener letter. You forgot. Oh, yes. <laughs> D, I love you. We do love you. Are you going to read it or do you want me to just answer the question? Um, You can just answer the question because okay. I didn't pull it up like a bad person. <laughs> um, So D had to answer a question about Jenny and what happened to Jenny and why she, as we've talked about multiple times, she does not survive season two. Okay, so well, pause. So to just give uh, a background, this is Jenny's last episode. Yes. This is the last time we will see uh, Karis Page Bryant. She was written out of the show as the writers realized she served no real purpose. She didn't even and out. They just stopped mentioning. <laughs> yes, no, serious. Is like in a, in a couple episodes, Dan is like Jenny really missed her parents and joined them in Saudi Arabia. Aww. So that so that means that her dad was being a drug runner <laughs> in Saudi Arabia, and he needed collateral. That's the story I'm going with. What? I've been watching The Sopranos and um, what's that other show? Snowfall. I watch a lot of gangster shows. I was going to say it's like a super, that Supernatural episode where he was like, you can take her. <laughs> That'll clear my debt. <laughs> okay, so like, okay. Uh, no longer, Jenny, you were garbage in this episode too. Sorry. She like, so... Jenny was actually supposed to be the Billy of this season. So basically she was supposed to eventually come into her powers as a new witch and the girls were going to take her under their wing. And like us, she just didn't connect with the viewers. And so bye-bye, Jenny. And I think there was somebody in the writer's room or somebody, wow, can I say that? Hmm. I was going to say something about my employment status, but I was going to say, as somebody who watches TV a lot, cleaning that up a lot, <laughs> um, somebody along the lines was less like, hey, these girls barely know their powers. Does it make sense for them to be training somebody else? Also, how are we explaining this to Dan? There's this. This is too convoluted. It was a lot. I mean, but I think 
when we looked at last season and, you know, the girl whose mom was in rehab and was living with her aunt and Phoebe was like, oh, I wish I had like a little sister. We could do this together. Like, I think that's where the idea came from. But I feel like that girl, they should just brought her back. She already had a connection with the, the viewers. She already had a storyline. She wasn't annoying. And I felt like needed a little like emo punk in the, the Hallowell. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you know what? That would have been perfect to bring her back because what what would have happened was um, now that she's gotten this evil out of her life, she really doesn't know what to do with her magic and she just needs somebody to talk to. And that could have been like a pivotal point for the girls as well as for her. And that could have been a really good sisterhood storyline. But like, I guess we get Paige and that's where that angst goes because Paige is just not connectable like she was just very annoying and very punchable (laughs) (laughs) so B yes that's what happened to Jenny she served no purpose to the plot or the overall greater picture of the show no so you did mention though that you've been watching a lot of Sopranos and Snowfall you said what else have you been up to in our hiatus um let's see let's see while you're thinking about that i do want to give you kudos for holding the social media down good job good job i've been trying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, crap i'm trying to think like all this was top of mind yesterday so with my add brain it was like, all right, we accomplished that task. Let's put this file away. <laughs> I'll start then, and then I'm sure it will go on a tangent for another 10 minutes. Um, yeah. So we've binge-watched All Rise. I've binge-watched. I'm almost done with Frasier. Um, I started Reboot. I finished Home Economics. I'm up to date with that. <laughs> I love Reboot, and I want to finish it because it is the step-by-step like yes it is step by it's a step by step reboot that we always secretly wanted but never said and And remember we were talking about um mad about you a couple episodes ago so i thought that was first of all this is the paul riser renaissance because he's in stranger things he's in the boys he's in reboot my man's is working working did he did age well unlike his co-host co-star co-star no i mean I can't, she had work really, done. I can't really besmirch Helen Hunt because she had work done. she's on a star show with a lot of people of color. So, like, good for you. What star show is she on? Oh, my God. Don't get me to lying, so I'm not going to okay. try okay. to Because I'm like, or, you watch stars besides P-Valley? I did I, not watch P-Valley, um, but I did watch Yellowstone. We're going to start 1883, so I'm going to give you my Paramount subscription. <laughs> Um, and I went through all 15 seasons of Supernatural, Mom Chicka Wow Wow, and Raynell yeah. was there with me. She didn't watch it with me, so it was funny as I texted her. <laughs> like, what's crazy about that is you would text me shit, and I would be like, oh yeah, that episode. Like, I wouldn't have to IMDB yeah, it, and I would just be like, oh yeah. My ups and my downs. Hi, Panther. Or Jack Jack. Oh, man. I was a ride. Jack-Jack was a ride. Yo, can I just say that, like, Mary deserved that 
Panther. Why you definitely that? that. I have I have thoughts, and now that like my hair is done and it's not like <laughs> I don't like a Rastafarian, I'm gonna be on TikTok like all this week with my thoughts. I got thoughts on Mary. I got thoughts on you know how I feel. You you know how I feel. Like Mary, like Mary is a white woman and she white woman's in death. Really? Really? Look how Mary went out just being like, We definitely carried her out. They definitely carried her out. (laughs) That's how she went out. And it's, I want to say it's sad, but like, is it? When she died, I was like, bitch, have you not... Have you not been around? He's been just murking people and getting mad and not being in control of his powers. And you're going to sit here and carrying yourself while he just. <laughs> did you not see what he did to this dude? Did you not see what he did to this dude? And that's how you respond? It's not even just that. It's also the fact that, like, Mary, bro, you know, the thing about magic and duh, when people are emotional, it goes they're- Magic goes haywire. Was going haywire. So to me, it just like, why would you do that? I just feel like, like you know, my feelings from season one about Sam, and we will get in because this is not a supernatural podcast. But and we, I mean, I will it can be on my, like on my TikTok on supernatural the roots. It does have yes. We will get to it on the TikTok about how I feel about Sam. And when they introduced the Mary character, I was like, oh. This isn't demon blood. This is this is nature because his mama is the same goddamn way. <laughs> I was like, I, all this time I thought it was demon blood. That's why he was acting like that. No, he got it from his mama. And let's not talk about the finale. I was, I'm still mad. I'm still mad. Okay, still seething, still seething. We will talk about it on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I know. It was just like. Felix, nothing but Felix. Yeah. Yeah. What else did I do besides be really upset at Supernatural? Because there were definitely some moments. Oh, um, doing Disney Dreamlight Valley, playing some other cozy games. I think did a lot of reading. Um, and now I'm just like doing mommy stuff. Yeah. Um, I like we said in the uh during some ramble. Uh, I watch The Sopranos and like it took five seasons for me to get it because like and when I say that I mean that like growing up I wasn't allowed to watch The Sopranos because of age restrictions duh and like I've always like it's always on somebody's top 10 I think it was just like ranked the number one best series of all time which question mark? Um, who wait? Like, who did the? What person was it? A person of color that did that? I don't know. I know it made some like it was like it was, variety, or it was somebody. It was just like Breaking Bad was like probably number three, and The Sopranos was number one. I don't okay. remember. Those are the two things that stood out to me, um, but nothing else. But. It took five seasons for me to get it. And if anybody... um, So 
the whole thing, the whole premise of The Sopranos is this mob boss getting therapy because, you know, men get therapy? Aggressive men in therapy? Shocker. But, like, there's an episode in season five, I think it's episode three, where his uncle is, like, losing his marbles and is being mean in, like, to his nephew. And Tony's, like, extremely hurt by it. And he's like, fuck, even if you're, like, losing your shit, you can't be nice to me. Like, did you ever love me? And it was just like, ah, oh, fuck, all the West Indian trauma. Woo! it hit me and then like i was really about to start crying and then i thought about all the white people who are still racist in hospice and i was like that's just hate baby that's just hate that's just hate you good don't 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 i can never do a hospice situation could you imagine i'm sitting here wiping your ass and you're racist towards me Exactly. Like if you don't OD on this morphine, bro. <laughs> like it was. It's all the Yo, things. Shout, if you have any like healthcare workers, shout out to you guys are the true true heroes of the world because I could never. Except for that bitch who was like, "So you got pregnant just so you wouldn't have to work." Yo, I hope you get fired. <laughs> I hope you get fucking fired you raggedy ass bitch oh my god it's 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 wild out there it's i do want to say before we like move into like the charmed script rip i love you i know you're a (laughs) character but this is a rip fan account (laughs) this is a rip plus account because (laughs) while you did not do it for me and too fast too furious you certainly did it for me bro i looked him up and i was like yeah 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 can you talk about embodying a character because i was like in too fast too furious are you white are you puerto like what are you playing what's happening here he just I, I really feel like I need to just like do a quick rewatch before I go back to work because and Jamie can die. <laughs> oh, this is a Jamie hate account. This uh Jamie. You know what? I wanna say I hope bad things happen to you, but bad things are happening to you. Oh so. gosh. The season was season three closer was was amazing. Mm. It was amazing. Snap snap. I was like, yes, Beth. Yes. Yo. Beth, when she told her dad why she hated Jamie so much, <laughs> and when she was like, "You got two options. You could do this, or I'm gonna tell Rip." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, the writing." I mean, don't get me wrong; the writing's not perfect. They definitely do be setting up some storylines where I'd be like. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what was the purpose of Rufus? What was what was the purpose of Rufus? <laughs> Yo, Rufus is the black man who gonna show up, give you a. Rufus is me, bro. I'm gonna give you. Did, no, no, Rufus did absolutely nothing. He was like, don't get involved. Just 
just handle the horses. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> what? Okay, so Rufus from Supernatural shows up on um, Yellowstone. <laughs> just to me- and people are like, who the fuck is Rufus? I watch Yellowstone. Who the fuck is Rufus? <laughs> yeah, just for that clarity. But like, first of all, Ruben stuttered, but served a purpose. Okay. That was one of Rufus' aliases because he looked at me crazy. <laughs> you forgot that? Yes, I did. I was like, what does that have to be Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah, see? Ruf, yo, I told you, I didn't even need to look shit up on IMDb. It was, the it's, it's, right if you there. have not watched Yellowstone and you can do like a, right now it's on Peacock and not on Paramount, get you a Peacock subscription. You can knock it out in like a week. It's 45 <laughs> minutes long, except for the pilot episode. <laughs> and honest, it's really well written. The Peacock interface sucks, but the content quality, top tier. When I say top tier, I mean you could find your background show. Peacock, okay, yeah, for yeah. background show. Yeah, they're really good for background shows. Here for background shows. It ain't gonna be around for much longer, <laughs> but while it's around, enjoy. It. Bruh, you need to catch up on Housewives. Peacock, which I will. I'm try. I speaking of Housewives, Lisa Renna needs to. She needs to go somewhere. Yo, that was a lot. Renna Kardashian. I, I I didn't think that my black self would really be rooting for a Hilton. Like my black <laughs> self. <laughs> Rena did that. Rena has me out here rooting for a Hilton. And I'm I'm upset about that. Like, <laughs> but go Kathy. Take her ass now. Yo. The homeless not toothless. <laughs> I texted you like who? You know, it had to be a bunch of like really, really rich people in a room going, oh no, this is perfect. This, this is, this is, this is great. The fact that I ain't fucked that up and I wasn't at that dinner, where's my praise? Yo, Kathy, Kathy is like the drunk aunt that we all. I tell you a story and you know what? I'm going to say it and I'm going to put it here. I'm going to say, I need to edit this out because I know I'm going to forget while I'm listening and working. I wish that we could air that, but <laughs> we know better. <laughs> oh, God. So, you know what? Just to get back into Charmed, because we have segued so much. Just uh, two quick notes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate her so much. Oh man. I'm so happy that we can't oh I'm so fucking happy that oh man. So that old black magic was written by Vivian and Valerie Mayhew, who were sisters, right? Where I'm even going with that. So oh, okay, I was trying to help. No, I found it. It was in trivia. Oh, ooh, anyway, trivia. So the song That Old Black Magic was written by Harold Arlen and Johnny Mercer and was a standard of Glenn Miller, Margaret Whiting, and Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. So it's, you know, it has some Jewish roots, if you know what I mean. (laughs) You got it in my head, yo. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, also, 
This is a blatant ripoff of the Blair Witch Project. And it's a horrible ripoff from the Blair Witch Project. By that, I'm just going to, we could just segue right into this episode premiered in November 11th, 1999. It was written by the sister duo Valerie and Vivian Mayhew. Javier isn't a, a story editor on this, and I wish he did more editing. <laughs> I, I got, like I told you in the first run through we did this, it, I don't think I would have wished for Javier to write a story, but this was so bad that Javier needed to be <laughs> because, like, I feel like while Javier's storylines are not good. <laughs> hilarity ensues (laughs) this was just really bland exactly so vivian has eight writing credits uh including playboy 100 101 ways to excite your lover the x-files two episodes of charms and two episodes of the fugitive her sister valerie has six writing credits including uh one for the x-files two for charms and two for the fugitive so it just looks like Vivian was carrying the two, and not by so what she just have like Valerie on her back because this was <laughs> this was rough. This was rough. Not even Ben Affleck and Casey could bring this to write this garbage. Like whatever happened to Casey? Casey is still acting because you know he got blackballed. But like, do you ever get blackballed? If you know what, what I mean? What do you get blackballed for? Being a, a touchy. I think he had like some sex abuse Don't let me actually Google it. So oh, I okay, <laughs> allegedly, as she googles. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I was like, I hi Panther, welcome to the podcast. Um. In 2010, two women who had worked on Affleck's film uh, filed sexual harassment suits against him. There Yikes. we go. There. <clears throat> what are you doing, sir? Just trying to be a part of the podcast? As yes. Usual? All right. Anyway. Um, and this episode was directed by James L. Conway. You get his full like IMDb in Wendigo. But this is his second of 16 directorial appearances. And I think, you know, for what it was worth, the shots were pretty good. Yo, when we get to Prue, I'm going to say, James, I'm, I see that you were in love and I too am in love. Yes. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely do. We ha- oh, do you want to set up um, guy one and guy two? Huh, so... <laughs> The episode starts where the people that I am referring to as Blair Bitch 1 and Blair Bitch 2. So, uh, Morlik Mancholi, oh, sorry, Morlik Pancholi, uh, he was in City Guys, The Wild Thornberries, the episode of Lord Order C- Criminal Intent, where he kills his sister for having a white, well, for getting pregnant with a white man's baby. Wow. And then trying to blame it on like Islamophobia. Uh, I feel like I remember that one. 
Yeah. Speaking was- of speaking of uh, Law and Order, we did it, right? We got that man out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All that, all that bad juju I put into the world. Yes, <laughs> hated him. <laughs> Um, I can't remember the episode, but guys, you do remember that episode <laughs> where my co-host went on a rant about her hatred of Anthony Anderson. And you know what? I don't understand how this man like succeeds in life. Because don't he got allegations too? I mean, I think so. But if it makes you feel better, he dies in the Scream franchise. I would say something. And we um, got eggs. So I'm okay with that. We got eggs and... Jerome from the game for those mm-hmm. who didn't watch True Blood. And you know... And Homeboy lost his Staten Island accent, which was so mm-hmm. weird. That first half of the episode, I'm like, something is missing. Jerome was always beefy, but now he like beefy and it makes sense. Yeah! Because like, I feel like Eggs wasn't as hot as everybody made him out to be. And when he got, I was like, who is this This nice black his man? His body on my matches voice. That's what it is. His body, his whole being all just matches voice. Because he does like a really good State Farm guy. That's what his voice is. But he's not Dennis Haysworth. He, he was never, he never had that, that form. Because Dennis Haysworth always matches voice. Yes. But now he all bald. He extra beefy now. He's he extra like, beefy now. He like mm. black stabler. Stabler out here looking like a Dominican club owner. And oh, I- can I just say during during maternity leave, that Peloton commercial got you through some days. Got me through some days. Okay, got me through some days. Amen. Yo, I was sort of like a commercial. And it was just like Stabler with a black button down with like half the buttons unbuttoned. All he was missing was a Cuban link. And I was this like- This motherfucker just be posting. And he know he posts thirst traps. Like you just out here posting thirst traps, bro. He over here got the titty swinging. Like what's wrong with you? Yo. Nothing I think solidified how hot Stabler was for me. When Olivia mentioned, she did an interview and mentioned- that for like the first year of her dating her husband, she used to call him by Stabler's real name. And that blows my mind. <laughs> like, I know that's your partner at all, but like, could you imagine being her boyfriend? <laughs> Are you out here calling him another man? <laughs> oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. Oh, we didn't make it that far, bro. I'm offended. <laughs> Yo, her husband's the Priscilla guy, and like he can make some stains disappear. So watch your mouth. Making them stains and then making them disappear. Ow. What kind of stains? Like hotel stains? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you do hotel thing Priscilla commercial. <laughs> Like, what is it? Like blanket hotel stains? <laughs> Top sheet hotel stains? Your loins need ice, woman. It's been so long. I don't get any sleep. That's the goal. The goal is if we can get this baby down to sleep throughout the night, mommy gets. <laughs> Yo, your ladywood is blinding my screen. 
<laughs> Bro, these, these three hour, these 3 a.m. wake ups are killing me. Because he's like, oh, let's talk. Like, no, I don't want to talk to you. Go back to bed. You know who you can talk to. Ugh. Anyway, while I was getting back to his credit, he um he was on Law and Order, Criminal Intent, and The Sopranos. And my God, the amount of like the casting director for Criminal Intent and The Sopranos had to be the same person because it was it had to be because it would be like, yo. You're not working on Thursday. You want to go over to like Jersey and do Sopranos real quick because the amount of motherfuckers that came through from um, Sopranos, all Intent, and vice versa. Because like I'm doing a low key rewatch because like I don't really know what to watch next, but I'm probably gonna watch the uh, West Wing finally. Oh, um, I'll watch West Wing with you. That's been on, is that on Netflix? I watch that on HBO Max. I do have your I do have login. I can do that. Yeah, let's do that. Um. So I said, like, <laughs> Lauren Order Criminal Intent is my, like, like my, like, parsley, like, or my mint before a meal, before I start a new show. So I'm watching it now from season one. And I'm like, oh, shit. You're Again, on the- I feel like you do, a re- you do a full rewatch, like, every quarter at this point. I literally tell you, I literally just said, that is my show that I watch before like, I consume anything new. Because I just can't think of what else. It's, it's, it's your, uh. It's your ginger. Yeah. <laughs> it's your coffee beans. Yes. So like <laughs> um and now that I'm doing it for this after watching the Sopranos, it's really funny to see like that connection because even like low level bosses end up on criminal intent. It's just like holy shit. I meant you said low level bosses like it's a crime game. Like it's a <laughs> the low level bosses on the Sopranos also play low-level bosses on Law and Order Criminal Intent. <laughs> it's like, it's wild. It, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yo, you off on Thursday. You just want to go over to, like, across the bridge, make a little walk? We got this scene for you. It'll, it'll only take a couple of days. You're going to die at the end of it anyway. You might as well just pop over and pop right back. It's the same accent. It's, the, it's literally the same character, but if they got pinched. I'm done with you. Anyway, about Blair Witch Bitch too. I'm not even done with Blair Bitch one. Oh, he's done twenty seven chesses, thirty rock, and he is the voice of Ranjit on Phineas and Ferb. On, on I know all, how you feel about that. <laughs> all Phineas and Ferb, anything—that's the voice you hear. Uh, Blair Bitch two is Jeremy Rowley. We've seen him in Coyote Ugly, The Amanda Show, all that. Drake and Josh. Uh, Modern Family, iCarly, Key and Peel, The Mike Tyson Mysteries, and the iCarly Reboot. And let's slide right. Actually, you know what? I forgot. I forgot because these fucking uh, guest stars, their credits are crazy. Like their credits, normally we would get like, oh, they were on this show, this show, this show. It'd be like and five. never again. <laughs> These motherfuckers are still working in 2022. So congratulations, but my God. Do you want to do Rowena while we're at it? Sure. sure. Uh, Where's her name? Bridget Brana plays Tuatha in this episode. And we've seen her on the Tracy Ullman show, Doogie Howser MD, 
NYPD Blue, ER, Sliders, Veronica's Closet, Ally McBeal, Dahmer and Greg, Early Edition, CSI, Just Shoot Me, 24, Criminal Minds, Army Wives, Supernatural, Grey's Anatomy, and most recently, 911 Lone Star with that fuckboy Rob Lowe. We don't fuck with Can you ruin that for me? Who had a whole tangent yesterday about 911 Lone Star, which ended up going into a tangent about Nisi Nash, which we're not going to do today. But, but like, Lone Star. I watched the first episode of The West Wing last night, but like fell asleep midway, so I have to restart it. Where mm-hmm. Marvel was in it, and I forgot that he's in it. He's in it like hardcore too, right? Yeah, but like, I'm not watching it for Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. That man is fine. Not Rob Lowe, but um, West Wing dude. Martin Sheen? No. Oh God, I can't think of his name. But he also had a um, he had an is acapella it- show. He had a, a church show a couple seasons ago that got canceled. White dude. He ends like right now. He has a full beard, a full like white beard. I'm like Bradley Whitford. It's not him. Yes. It's- Bradley Whitford has a full beard now. I mean, it's fine. Ooh. James- Eric's husband? If I, that's Bradley Whitford. I think that's who I'm talking about. Yes, has a full beard now. And he's hot. Bradley he was not hot before. But the gray hair and the beard did it for me. You know I like him old. <laughs> you know what? See what I'm saying? I saw, him, I saw him on Mom. And I was just like, wow, you got like really old. And you playing like drunk. Nah, <laughs> he's. I don't know. It's just something because Bradley Whitford young is weird. Yeah, but that gray has definitely like you know what? elevated him. Another one who grew it, who like grew in to like his fondness, I guess. Because it took a while, but you know, I because like the the first glance viewing of the West Wing. He's supposed to be like the man with integrity. I guess he's supposed to be like he'll be like charming in uh Once Upon a Time. We see how that happen with charming. He's on manifest. But yeah, he's supposed to be like that dude, the the hot guy with integrity. I guess he's supposed to be like the David Rosen. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he's supposed to be like the David Oh, speaking of David Rosen, <laughs> his boyfriend is in a new show. Are we watching that? <laughs> you see, you see how my brain works. <laughs> but that wasn't his boyfriend. That was Cyrus's boyfriend. That's what, okay. Cyrus, yeah, Cyrus. Cyrus Bean is in a new oh, show. Alaska Daily, where he plays an editor for the Alaska newspaper, and we're. I don't to- like what's her face, but I do like Cyrus, and so right. I'm waffling on whether to watch it. Um, you know, I was gonna pass. I do love me some Cyrus Bean, but I don't think I'm going to get me some Cyrus Bean reads on this show. No, not at all. But Big Sky is good. You know, Jensen, Jensen said, take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to do all the shit. But they still make supernatural references. Like, fine, but at least I can do other shit, though. And I, like I told you before, I think Dean, the reason why I think Dean is so hot is because he has an upper lip. And I'm starting to realize <laughs> that white man with upper lips is a thing for me. Because Dean has an upper lip, too. 
Yo, you, you play in your Tamara coins on the wildest people. <laughs> somebody told somebody told me. You know, I think it was Mel. Mel was like, I could never tell who you find attractive because they come like it comes out of like left field for me. Like how you go from like how I go from Bradley Whitford to D. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you, you have an infinity supply of Tamara coins, but you just like <laughs> this is a black ass podcast. I swear. <laughs> like, first of all, I'm not with you with Bradley, but I support you. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to like. He's not on my like jack-off list like Dean is but I think like the gray hair has really I think he's attractive he's not like fuckable but I think he's attractive with the gray hair and I think the gray hair hides like the receding hair <laughs> that he had when he was a ginger hey ma'am you it's leave Jane alone his, his like you that beef with Jane Kazmarek what that's her what I mean that's her husband Oh, I didn't know he was married. Yeah. I didn't know he was married. Look, I can, I can have Tamara coins because them Tia coins all got to be cashed in right now. All got to be cashed in. First of all, I feel like Tia got like mad coins. I signed NDAs. Cause like, Girl. I mean, like, I feel like, yo, I know, first of all, I know Tia's freaky and I know she know what a good contract looks like. That's oh, all I'm gonna say. yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean, especially after you send me the videos of her pressing up against Kiki, like watch it back, bitch. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say some shit, but like, I'm not. Cause you're not, cause I don't have no money to to, to support you getting bailed out. So you ready oh. to get into this episode? Forty five minutes later, cause we gonna have, and it's soon we're gonna have a another person. Who gonna have his own say in this episode? <laughs> that right, time is running in. The witches must convince a teenager that he's the only one capable of defeating an evil witch. Oh. The IMDb synopsis is the sisters are forced to turn a reluctant teenager when an evil witch escapes the confines of her 200 year old prison. Oh. This was so good. And the DVD synopsis is. An evil witch hunts for her magic scepter, which Prue has found, while Leo, Piper, and Phoebe must locate the chosen one to keep the power scepter out of evil's hands. Dun, dun, dun. This episode was so bland. So let's yeah. get into it. <laughs> it starts off in the most, with the most illogical of premises from a POC's point of view, because the POC is leading the charge to find the Blair Witch. Really? Really? He's not even, so they're not even trying to find the Blair Witch. They're trying to find gold. And they find the cave and White Homie is like, uh, I don't know if we want to do this. Like, this doesn't even like a mine shaft. This looks mad strange. And our person of color is like, Nah, this is what the map says it's supposed to be. Let's go inside. And they go inside and there's a skeleton on the ground. Our person of color is still like, let's move forward. And that to me would have been like, mm, 
I don't know, guys. I don't know. And they keep going. They continue to go. They see writing on the cave. Person of color is like, yeah, this is it. This is it. And our white homie goes, which will probably be the first and only time that this will ever happen in a horror movie. I think there are warning signs and we should turn back. <laughs> He's just like, stop being a pussy and pulls out his Sears hammer and chisel and starts. <laughs> it was 1999. Shut up. Um, pulls that out and starts like chipping away at like this open crack. And then they get hit in the face with gas or like compressed air, I'm assuming. And a then- fully live ginger-haired white woman yeah, steps no, out with a snake. There's no skeleton. Like, she is perfectly preserved. And they are still not, like... She like, came out like Rita did on the Rangers. <laughs> After all these years, I'm free! Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And... At the time of this, these two dum-dums don't decide to run. They just- no, they're still having a conversation, which blows my mind. I am sorry. I don't care if it's 1999. I don't care. You telling me that you open up a wall and a fully preserved woman comes out and you're going to have a conversation? And, and she comes out and she goes like, um, oh, well, yeah. what year is it? And they're like, 1999. And she's like, it's been 200 years. You are not fucking. I'm not around to hear this question being asked. Is what I'm saying. I'm running. And on top of that, she comes out of the 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 wall of the rock. She don't have her wand. She asks where her wand is, and they're like, "We don't know." And she's automatically aggressive. She gets her 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 pixie dust and sprinkles it on them and shrinks them, and they're still having conversation. And like they look around like, oh shit, we've been shrunk. This is the realest conversation I've ever to date, because who knows what happens now that I'm paying attention and charms. But he was like, I told you that this was a bad idea. And like Blair Bitch too is just like, Well, what are we gonna do now? Run. Do something and they don't and run. Point, try to like preserve like your life. At no point in time, like <laughs> so she picks them up. Oh, and she, I guess during that conversation, she puts her snake on this well-placed, random, like, snake nest. And so Snake Boy is chilling there. And she picks them up because they haven't decided to run yet and feeds them to the snake. Like, there was no self-preservation at any point in this scene. At any point. It was so badly done because there were so many, like, warning signs up to getting picked up and being fed to a snake. But why? Why does that matter? Like, they're so dumb. I'm sorry that you died, but not really. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. So the next scene um, has it set up where Prue is at Buckland's and she's saying... Antiques Roadshow. Like, Buckland's is doing an Antiques Roadshow. Exactly. So Buckland's is doing an Antique Roadshow and Phoebe is at home looking at the window, staring at Dan and Piper making out, which is little sister behavior just 100 little sister like it's okay i think we're supposed to believe that phoebe is 100 team leo and 
is upset that Piper is like moving forward with Dan. Like it was cute. Like it was cool when you were just trying to fuck him, but now that you're trying to be in a relationship. You I don't like that. I don't like that. So like I will say, um, these nineties. We'll talk about Phoebe's fits, but Prue was everything, and you still ain't sent me that link. But Prue was everything. Oh, she I had, found uh, it. It's a leather skirt, not a uh, not a uh, suede. Ah, uh, boo. So she had on this like well fitted. It had, you know what? It had to have been like an express shirt in the nineties. Can you remember how amazing mm-hmm. express shirts were in the nineties? It like fit the her top half really nicely and flowed out just enough on the bottom and then she wore like this long brown suede skirt it was just given like 90s realness and i'm so glad that like 90s is back create that outfit i'm like it's just but i know with these with these bazongas it's gonna be like even difficult to find like a white shirt that does that because it was i know i know i know especially it's crazy when you get like the business nineties and then you get like the teenage nineties because we see Oh my god. We see Phoebe in all of her culture appropriation. <laughs> she got her her, her chopsticks in her hair and she's wearing a I wanna say it's a geisha. She's wearing it like a it's like rhinestoned out with the collar and then she's wearing like this geisha shirt and oh. I will say that this was me in the 90s because I love me a good geisha shirt and a chopstick I was definitely a chopstick shorty but like all the other stuff uh, my mom was still buying my clothes so <laughs> my options were limited um but like and we, and we discussed this during our um our first our attempt at it that like while I was in the ninth, I'm, and it does like our age gap isn't like crazy. But when I was in ninth grade, you were in the sixth grade, which mm-hmm. at that point in time, I think like the way we dressed obviously was different. So mm-hmm. I definitely was doing like full Gwen Stefani, no doubt, <laughs> realness in the nineties. Absolutely not. It wasn't like my mom was still doing my hair at, up until like my cousin in law married. Like my cousin-in-law. My cousin married a woman who worked in a beauty salon. So I would get like the hookup prices. But then she would still make me do like the <laughs> like the innocent like braid styles and shit. Like, oh, made me so mad. I wanted to be such a hot girl. And, you know, ugh. I wanted to be yeah, such a hot looking girl. Yesterday, because um, in the 90s, candy shoes were really popular. And there's a pair of boots that I had in the 90s. And if I can find them thrift-wise... I want them back. Oh my God. <laughs> I am so glad that like the nineties is back except for like all of the culture, the weird cultural appropriation. Yeah. We did. Like I'm really thinking about Prue's outfit in this. I'm, yo, I'm going to get me like a blown out yakky wig. Girl. But I know she's not, speaking of like hair, she's not like in the episode yet. Like, talking and i was gonna save it for later i don't know if piper got a new like makeup artist but what they did for her in season two like her makeup is flawless it's so soft and gentle like ah well you know what and we then, like that blowout that she has like i can just imagine i'm like unrolling like the foam rollers before she Ooh. goes to set. <laughs> yo what i was gonna say is like Dan and Piper were kissing, kissing. That was a they real were just 
Those are real ass kiss. Phoebe said, um, see, Phoebe tells Prue they're kissing and it's not like a thanks for lunch peck on the cheek. It's a, this means, I mean, they're like making out yeah. <laughs> with the door <laughs> open. Like, that was a real kiss because normally what they do is like they suck on each other's lips. Nah, she was, she was here for Greg Vaughn. She was that here. That was an open mouth. My tongue is playing with your tongue kiss. She she was here. We you, we got to post that that thing I did for TikTok. Like Greg Vaughn in the nineties and Greg Vaughn now. Like she she was here for all of that. <laughs> she was here. I'm here. Like for Greg Vaughn in the nineties was like filled out and beefy. Greg Vaughn now he's still muscular but he's slimmer. Yeah, he and guys, that, that beard does it. I, I'm not a fan of the Superman chin. He has a little dimple in his chin. Mm. So that beard just, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know when Piper, when they casted Greg Vaughn for Dan and Piper got her cast notes, she was here for all of it. <laughs> you said this. Phoebe was supposed to be the hot girl in Charms. It was Piper. It was Piper. It was Piper. Because um, she was pulling. And going back to what you said, because Phoebe tells Prue um, she's afraid that she's moving too fast and she's in a hurry to get involved with someone else. And I don't necessarily think she was. I mean, there was a lot of like drama for her in season one. She watched this man die. She tells this man she loves him and he orbs the fuck out. Like, And the, it's not even just that. The last time we saw Leo, she was really like, yo, I can't do this. Like she made her boundaries clear, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly. Clear. Like, what is she supposed to do? And exactly what proves that she's not supposed to wait around for Leo because fuck him. Yeah, yeah. And here's where I know this is where Phoebe was definitely being a mixy ass bitch. Because as like she hangs up with uh Prue, because Prue obviously has to do her antiques rocho thing, Leo orbs in. You could have held that conversation that you were having with Leo in the parlor. There was no reason to walk him through the house. You timed that entry perfectly. Right, right. So when Leo orbs in, um, he asked for all of the sisters to be there because the worst thing has has happened. And as you, as you said already, Phoebe like walks him through the parlor and where they end up, they end up at the door. So Dan and Piper come in and they're laughing and Leo looks upset. Like he looks pissed the fuck off, but like, boo-boo, we fuck free. <laughs> what do you expect? It's not even just that. Like I said, she literally was like, I can't do this. I can't do the back and forth. I can't do the uncertainty. I need something stable. I don't know what's more stable than a man across the street. Right. Over right. We don't, we don't know this yet, but Dan is a retired baseball player. So he got money. So I know, and we do, we do know that because um a couple episodes ago wasn't like Leo like gagging over the fact that he was in baseball. Mm. I feel like there was a scene where Leo was like, oh my God. I may be getting my season two episodes a little mixed up just because there's an episode I saw recently where they were having a house party and then that's where they were talking about baseball, but maybe you're right. So then we get the opening credits and I had Paula Cole, which I thought was amazing. 
Yeah, I had you had Free by Paula Cole, and I had In the Company of Strangers by Riviere. That actually sounds like a good song. Was it a good song? Yeah. No Paula Cole. It was giving me Paula Cole, which is why I kind of thought it was Paula okay. Cole. Because I don't remember ever hearing Free by Paula Cole. Her but voice is so like iconic. Yeah. Can we get a Paula Cole run? I mean, if everything in the 90s is coming back, can I get some Paula Cole? Anyway. anyway. Um, <laughs> so Piper and Leo are in the solarium. I want a solarium. I, I feel like you can't be truly rich without a solarium with stained glass windows. And I've said this before. Multiple bathrooms, bitch. <laughs> so Piper is like, I'm glad that you're here, bitch. But one, you need to ring my fucking bell. Don't be orbing in this shit like we together. It was never a problem before. Well, things have changed, bro. Things have changed. We are not together. And he goes like, I can see that. But what not even want? just that. Not even just that. You were supposed to be like hiding the fact that magic exists. You literally cannot just be orbing into my house all willy-nilly. I think he ain't think that she was going to move on as quickly as she did. And I really think that he thought like everything was still copacetic and nothing has changed. So I can just pop it in out like I did before. But uh, she got news for you, bitch. <laughs> right. So. For, we find out that there's a magical problem. Yeah. But I think we actually cut back to Prue at the auction. Yeah, we, no, we end up cutting right back into Dan and Phoebe before we cut back to Prue. And Dan's okay. like, why is this man, why is the handyman always in this house? Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Why the fuck would you not let Phoebe handle this man? Like, anything you have to say to me, you can literally say to Phoebe, unless it's like romantic. I, honestly, I don't, well, maybe because he does say, so Leo does say, I'm not here for personal, I'm here for business. So maybe she thought that he was here for personal and he was like, while I'm unhappy with the situation, it ain't about you, bitch. So that's what I'm going to go with. But Phoebe, I think Phoebe didn't handle the situation well. Because, like, there's no Dan way. is like, why is your handyman always here? And why does Piper look so upset? And Phoebe's like, because there's some things he can't fix the way she fixed, the way it should be fixed. Yeah. Like, that's not a conversation that I think that you should be setting up with Dan. That You need to leave that. You being a mixie. You literally are, t- like... And we see this later on in the episode that Dan obviously feels a way. And one, it would... <laughs> Back to Phoebe not having no job. She literally could have said, yo, Piper is the one who deals with the finances when it comes to the plumbing so or whatever needs to get done. So it just makes better sense for her to like talk to him. Because that's uh, literally unless it is... Like, again, Leo's a liar. Because it was personal and business. Because he wanted it was to personal and business. The way you orbed in, because he's orbed in at the door before. Mm-hmm. He could have orbed in at the door. He know better. Anyway, so and he we, ruins it because Dan gets upset. Dan looks at his watch and he's like, "You know what? I'm late." No, the, the father clock goes off, and you hear like, and that reminds him that he has to leave. Mm, I think he would have stayed if everything was okay. Uh, I don't like Phoebe here. Yeah, and then um, the worst kind of mixy because even if Piper is using Dan for fucking, you over here making it real. You making it hot. 
He does. He makes it hot. Because he asks before he walks out the door, before she pushes him out the door, he asks, like, are Piper and Leo? And he's like, oh, nope, you're late. Bye. Like, you could have been like, nah, she's upset because we just got the bill for plumbing. Like you said, like, there's multiple reasons that you can be upset at a handyman and that she could have, like, played it off and let Piper handle that later. There was no reason to bring up to a new boyfriend that the old boyfriend's in the house. Like, again, this this solidifies Phoebe as being Team Leo at the detriment yes. of her sister because there's so many, like, if if this were real life, yo, Piper really got blocked. She would have got left on red. She would have. She literally would have. Right. Anyway, back to the gorgeousness <laughs> that is crude. She is doing a antique, antiques roadshow type Nope, we're not there yet. We're not? Mm-mm. Almost, almost. So right before we get to Peru, um, Dan leaves and Leo is like, walk with me, talk with me. And they start walking and talking and going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he is basically telling, filling in Piper and, um, yeah, Piper and Phoebe on what happened about how 200 years ago, a good witch turned evil. She was in tomb, but she escaped. And unfortunately, they can't... Um, they can't fix the issue. They can't vanquish her. And we have to find the chosen one. And the chosen one is not a witch. He's a normal person, besides the fact that he's the only person who can use Tuatha's wand against her. And Piper's like, well, what does shit gotta do with us? Like, you're a white ladder. You're supposed to, like, go protect him. And Leo's like, you're the only ones who can protect him from her. So because she's free the wand is free but she has to find he has to find the wand before, before she, she does it. or yeah. she'll kill him so that's basically where we're at and then she's then then she'll go on a, a hunt and start killing all the good witches and now we're at Buckland's with Prue and all ah oh, I love seeing Prue at Buckland's I've been like, there several times I, love I, wish, it. I literally wish they would have played into that more a little bit they didn't set up the scene at all it just because like you know prove was like i'm gonna be on camera today i'm gonna be looking sexy this is my outfit i wish we got that but obviously time changed. Ooh, like how we got like that fashion show she did last season mm-hmm. and i never saw those pieces again i'm still upset i know and then like i wish we got that or at least her talking with the director a little bit um but like this is set up the scene because if you don't watch Antiques Roadshow, then why, like, what's happening here? Why, like, why is this appraisal being filmed? And during the scene, uh, Prue is talking to Betty, played by Pamela Kosh. We've seen her in Dynasty, Golden Girls, Matlock, Saved by the Bell, and Saved by the Bell in the new class. Jesus, Days of Our Lives, Frasier, Murphy Brown, Family Matters, Gilmore Girls, Monk. And Desperate Housewives. Betty unfortunately passed this year. So, Aww. yeah. But, you know, rest in peace. Again, look at these credits. Yeah. I, you know what? I have started watching Monk. I do like me some Monk. It's a jungle out there. Mm, I like Monk. Look, man. <laughs> she was on Frasier. She wanted your people's then. Monk was on Frasier, too. Monk was on Frasier, and it was a very. He played. <laughs> Yo, Frasier, don't be standing up to the test of time sometimes. He played a um, an Arab man who owned a newspaper like shack on the corner, mm-hmm. and Frazier ends up burning his shack down. 
Yeah. Whatever. That's, <laughs> that's not the Fraser cast. It's not, but I would just say, like, it just don't be stand up test of time when it comes to personal colors. <laughs> not at all. So, so you want to go ahead and set the scene? No, you can. You have the script in front of you. Okay. So the woman has a wand, and it is a design of inlaid garnets with pewter and ebony, and it's a distinctly 18th century European wand. That wand did not. When she was like saying what the wand was, I was like, who had the budget <laughs> to get this wand? Because that wand did not look, it did not look like it had no pewter, no ebony, no garnets. It had that really ugly, tacky, fake topaz oh, thing stop. on the top. It was so bad. She says she bought it at a flea market for $15. And I was like, you got jacked off for that. But apparently this wand um Crew thinks it can go up to about $5,000. And now this man comes. And I didn't want to look up his credits, but he has a punchable face. And I know that he's been in Perfect. something where I paid him. Go ahead. Lachlan Monroe plays Even his Batman. name is punchable. Yeah. Lachlan Monroe. Um, he plays Jack, the eBay guy who's interrupting her appraisal. We've seen him. He has a shit ton of credits. So I mm-hmm. had to make some choice edits there because he's been in so much yeah anyway he's been in 21 jump street unforgiven blossom highlander he's in seven episodes of charmed we've seen him in scary movie freddy versus jason he plays the sheriff and he dies uh he's in csi uh las vegas he's been on that's what it is okay continue lucifer supernatural and he has been in Peacemaker and most recently Riverdale. So, Jesus. Yep. Who are playing Supernatural? I did not want to look. So I feel like I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> Lachlan uh, Monroe. Ew, it's, not it's not even spelled like the way you think it would be spelled. Nope, it's with a Y. It's even more. Oh, my God. It's even. He's oh, only- okay. Okay. He did not age well. Mm. He looks the same, if I'm being honest. And when I say that, I mean, like, he just looks old. <laughs> like. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, you can see that father, he's like, you know what? I'm going to take, like, the half Botox, not the full, the half. Okay. That, yeah, he his face is puffy. Like, he got some, like, work done. That's what it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he was a. Rowena lover. Okay. Yep. Which makes, I guess, ah, it evens out, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, Lachlan Monroe jumps in and he literally is like, well, uh, can you say for certain or can you guarantee her that she'll make uh, 5000 at auction? And Prue's like, well, I can't guarantee because obviously auctions are um, different. And he's like, well, I can guarantee her that I can pay her $1,000 for this now. And like... And Prue says, well, you'll be robbing her of $4,000. But you said yourself that you can't guarantee the five. And my thing was, I would... It's I'm an old lady. I'm gonna just wait, take the shit to auction. If I get the... If I get the price that I want, yeah. And if I don't, then I just give it to him. If it don't sell like it, like, isn't that how auctions work? And also... <laughs> And I guess maybe because they were doing the whole auction thing, but I'm like, nobody caught this guy moving onto camera 
while Prue was talking. Like, well, it was so... This is why it's also weird, because Teddy Lane Jr. plays the director, and we've seen him in Dangerous Minds, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Melrose Place, 90210, VIP, The Bold and the Beautiful, Freaks and Geeks, The Practice, CSI, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Boston Public, Jesus. Development, Nip Tuck, House, and NCIS. And this is supposed to be an antiques roadshow type show, but I feel like the way he was looking at Prue and Jack interact, he was like, we got magic here. We got yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Because he even goes like, oh, that's excellent. Very interesting. It definitely like came off more soap opery than antique roadshow. So what are you shooting? That, right. like, what, are you, what are you shooting? Is this for the outtakes? Like, what's happening? Are you trying to like, is this Buckland's dish like doing a real world type thing? And then seeing what worked. Like, who was this for? Because it if it's for Antiques Roadshow, then it why would have like that. Yeah, why would you have this man promoting his eBay site? Because that's what it is. It's eBay. It's eBay. So uh, <laughs> before they cut to the scene, um, the old Betty writes down her address and gives it to Jack, but Prue takes it back. She uses magic out in the open, and nobody pays attention to the floating piece of paper. <laughs> uh, I feel like Prue will be like, oh, we can't use magic out in the open until it like benefits. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't use ma- magic for personal gain all, all the time. time. <laughs> so um I do I do like I don't like how the banter was set up, but I do like Jack and Prue's banter. Um Though I don't really know if he knew about the wand and honestly just was waiting for Prue to like give him all the information for him to make well, a deal. He said that like when the scene cuts, he's just like, Oh my god, please forgive me. I just wanted to like share the stage with Prue Hallowell, blah 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 blah. And it's like so obviously Prue 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 name rings bells out here in these streets in these auction streets, y'all. It do, and it did say that he got like a standing. He had a standing job offer, um, so he might pick it up just based on like the quality of Buckland. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's Buckland's quality. He's kind of schemy looking, like he would steal shit. Yeah, and she's just like, I don't think you're like working here. We don't lie or cheat. And and he only says, "But I don't lie." He doesn't say, "That's not me." He goes, "But I don't lie," which, yeah, he definitely would steal shit. Any man who don't lie is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, I literally had a thought, and it just went poof. But, like, he's so smarmy. He's not attractive enough for the stunt that he just pulled. And he's just, like, um, they make, like, a small... I love that... Prue makes a small dick joke in there. And I think that's the only reason why they kept the footage. Because she was like, oh, you got... Uh, he's like, somehow the line is uh, like, do you have a thousand dollars in my in your pocket? And she's like, there's nothing in there. I can tell by looking at it or something like that. But it's a... It's a either it was a setup, a long-winded setup or a dick joke, or it was a long, horrible introduction to the character of Jack, which... 
leaning towards the latter, seeing as we see him for like seven episodes. Right. So the next scene, we're outside of school and it's Piper, Piper, Phoebe, and Leo. um, And they're having the conversation about like uh, this chosen one. And Phoebe goes, I hope the chosen one is like a big burly football coach. And we find out that he is the seventh son of the seventh son. And he's been watching him since he was a young boy. And he's a high school student and a nerd. And Leo's like, I didn't choose him. But if he can help save your lives, and that's like my only, that's my only goal here. And Piper's like, but he's a teenager. How are we, how should we expect for him to go up against Tuatha? And Leo says, as long as you find the wand, he'll be fine. So (laughs) they keep cracking these teenage jokes about this kid. (laughs) My issue with this whole episode, it's a perfect place to like say it, is that like there is no, why do we care about this kid? Like, why? Like, outside of him uh, being the seventh son of the seventh no. son, what is the point? Like, like, I don't know why I'm supposed to care about this kid. I don't, like, I, I don't, really, and I feel like Leo kind of, kind of alludes to the fact that he really doesn't care about him. He's like, look, we know he's a nerd. We know he does magic. He does these stupid ass magic tricks, but we need him to get the wand because if he can't kill Tuatha, Tuatha's going to come and kill you guys. That's the only reason why we should care about him is because if he doesn't do the one thing that he's supposed to do in life, then the charm ones die. That's well, the, him as a person does nothing. So the kid that we're talking about is Kyle played by J. Michael Ferguson um he's been in Saved by the Bell, the new class, Promised Land, Buffy the Vampire Student. I mean Vampire Student, Vampire Slayer, <laughs> ER. Um he's been in a lot of like shorts. We've seen him in like Sabrina's a Teenage Witch, Jag. Nothing, I mean, nothing really stands out. He's not like a notable. Everything's been like one episode stints, except for like promised land but i feel like that was a show that got canceled but like there's nothing for me to connect to kyle with like why do i care that he is the seventh son of the seventh son like how does this interact with fake rowena actually let me give you the background on tawatha because there's a trivia note about tawatha the name comes from the Tuatha de Damon, uh, a queen fairy in Irish mythology, ruling over her paranormal race of fairies in the Irish underworld. Okay. So, yay, there's that, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, but the, well, how does being the seventh son of the seventh son affect Tuatha? Why is he the only one? Like, how does this work? I, I like, mean- do we even really care about Tuatha? Like, she's a good wish to turn evil, but we don't know. Like, the last time that happened, it was because, like, you know, the love of her life broke her heart. Like, there's nothing that, like, connects you with either of these characters. They're very throwaway. Yeah. It, this is a filler episode, but, like, they, 100%. Barely, they barely cared enough to fill anything because there's so many gaps. Yeah. Even when they, like, 
they grab him. Phoebe's like, hey, it's Kyle, right? And Kyle's like, I think you have me confused about with somebody else. And Phoebe's like, Piper goes, you're the one. And Phoebe goes, the chosen one. And they're like, do you believe in magic, little boy? <laughs> like, this is the creepiest fucking conversation I've ever witnessed. Because, like... It was bad. Stranger danger. Uh, yeah, it was definitely, like, one of them 90s don't talk to people. Please, where is the van with the candy? Because this is what you guys are coming off as. Yeah. Very, like... Uh, so, the way they convince him that, like there's magic and that they're real is that um piper goes to freeze him and then phoebe moves behind him so when she goes to unfreeze him he's like oh my god how did you do that and phoebe goes magic want to know more because that's not creepy af again it literally feels like hey little boy you want to get in this van you're like shut up y'all they for two women to write this creepy as Law and Order SVU slash Criminal Minds as Olivia sitting in the bushes, right? <laughs> it literally feels like if this was an episode of uh, Criminal Minds, Phoebe and like Piper would have been like the girls to entice the men to go into the van so Leo, the serial killer, can kill him. That's, that's what it is. That's what the setup is. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> who's wait? Who's making the the really bad like? joke before we do the cutscene. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh man. Oh god, it was really bad. So we end up going um to Betty's house. Mm-hmm. And Betty's looks like she's like, you know, winding down for the e- evening. She got her little I just made a thousand dollars. She hiding. And you see the snake up here and Beth Betty like obviously freaks the fuck out. And Tuatha appears to get the wand. Um the wand ends up flying to Tuatha. Uh, Tuatha goes to kill Betty, which poor Betty. Betty didn't do nothing. Betty did not a goddamn thing. You had the wand. Why we had to kill Betty? Was it necessary? Because. I feel like Betty was the only person that I cared about. She's old. She's one little money. You know, maybe she wanted to go on like a one little bingo trip you know, for her friends. She, you know, she told all her little friends at, down at the bingo that she was going to be on Antiques Roadshow and she going to get her some money. Right. She going she gonna to be spent. She going to have like 10 bingo cards when they go on a bingo trip to Atlantic City. Like, she was ready. She was the only person I cared about this episode. And he did her dirty. Did her dirty. And I'm upset. So, Prue hears Betty screaming from outside of her, like, apart, from like the hallway. You Which is weird. Why are you in Betty's house? That's weird. Hmm? You said she ain't want your money. Why are you going to her house? Because Jack is not... I'm not losing the sale of Jack. That's so weird. Then how, you know, how, how do you explain how did you got her address? I mean, that wasn't the point. Again, this episode is full of <laughs> potholes and we keep stepping into them. It's literally the hopscotch of fucking potholes. But anyway, so Prue um, uses her magic to open the door, and she comes in right as Betty evaporates. Uh, the <laughs> how does like does she like use her magic on Tawatha? Yeah, she uses her power, and Tawatha flies across the room. She drops her wand, and that's when Prue uh, picks it up and runs. 
And then she uses, she's like, it's okay. We don't have to follow her. She's a good witch. She'll come back to us. Which is, whatever. <laughs> so we're back at the manor. And now it's uh, Piper, Phoebe, Leo, and Kyle. And they're sitting at the table. And they're basically trying to explain to him, like, why he's a chosen one and what he has to do. And they're trying to, like, not freak him out. But it's too late at this point, which, granted, it's a fucking nerd. Mm-hmm. You're telling him he got to go like kill a witch, and, and he was like, "You got to do it. Why? Because you're the seventh son of the seventh son. I why? What because you mean? are. Like it's it's literally when your mom is like, do this because why? I told you to. <laughs> I said so. It's it it was bad. It's so you, so, parents. you can't do shit to be like. <laughs> I know this is a lot for you to take in and your first instinct is to probably resist it and that's how we felt when we were first witches and Kyle is like this don't make no sense like which one of your brothers which one of my brothers put you up to this I know it has to be one of them because none of this makes sense like I'm not the chosen one I'm a fucking nerd this is a mistake because you really think that your brothers were going to put money together so Witches could be like, hey, we witches. Like, this don't make no sense. It's even when they show him, like, Prue comes in with the wand and the wand glows. And Prue goes, whoa, glowed. No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) And then, like, Leo goes, it's the wand. It recognized you. And they're like, his seed is just so. I understand the setup to get him to like realize that you know he is the chosen one, but Jesus fucking Christ, it was so bad. I guess so, like, why do we give a fuck? <laughs> yeah, we don't. So this kind of is where we end up, where Prue kind of gets pulled into the situation. Um, they start telling her about Tuatha and how they were working on the wand too. They end up letting Kyle hold the wand. Leo tells Kyle, it's not going to hurt you. And when Kyle gets the wand, it glows. And it's like, it found you just like it was supposed to. And also, it's mad late at night on a school night. Where are his parents? Why he not? We already know he's a nerd. He ain't got no friends. Why he not home yet? He had bulletproof reading comics. (laughs) That's what he got. You don't know his life. Speaking of bulletproof, going back to Janelle's attractionness, attractiveness, like varies. That man was the first Asian man that I was ever in love with. Ooh, that man. This is a very Brooklyn podcast right now. Uh, this is a very niche podcast right now. No, but he you can look him up online. What is his name? Just for our listeners, just in case they want to see like how like wild I am. What is his name? Um Henry? Oh, this is going to bug the fuck out. It's Hank. Yes. Hank Kwan. Mm-hmm. So y'all can look him up. That was the first Asian man. I was like, oh my God. Okay, so anyway. We <laughs> support Bulletproof Comics because gentrification is trying to like get rid of it. So if you can, you know, send them some money, buy a comic, support, you know, the neighborhood. They've been around for a very... At one point, they even had two comic book stores, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So. But, like, the flagship in Flatbush, you know, 
the gentrify is trying to gentrify and yeah. we we like our things so please support our things please support anyway um, so uh Prue is like this don't even make any sense so they go upstairs um to the attic and they're having a conversation basically without Kyle and Prue was like this don't make no sense why are you bringing this like a little boy into the situation, like y'all haven't seen Tuatha do what I've seen Tuatha do. Like she made this woman disappear mad easily. And Leo's like, but that is what he's meant to do. His destiny as a seventh son of the seventh son is for him to kill Tuatha. Like that's the only reason why he was born. <laughs> he can be a nerd for the rest of his life. <laughs> exactly. Cause like, I feel like this episode, like is these bitches high off hubris like we the charm ones if right we kill somebody it's gonna be us like we do this magic thing around here not kyle kyle who the fuck is kyle some junior high school kid like shut up <laughs> shut up and, and that's what prue basically says prue tells leo at least let us try to kill her before we involve the chosen one and then if that doesn't work and we're still alive then we can involve Kyle. And then Phoebe and Prue are like, yeah, well, you know, let's do this. And Piper is kind of waffling on it, but at the end decides that she is also going to. I feel like Piper is a flip-flopper because had she been on good terms with Leo, she'd have been like, you know, Leo has a point, guys. But because she's mad at him, she want to be like, sisters united. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Um, Jenny don't knock. Jenny needs to ring the bell. Don't fucking come into my house. We have established that this is a no knock household. They cheat. Yo, all cops are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny walks in unannounced while Kyle is sitting in the kitchen, and. She just asks mad questions. Who are you? Why are you here? What's your name? Are you a friend? Why do you have the wand? And Jenny's like, I don't believe in magic. And Kyle's like, everybody believes in magic. So Kyle, as they're having this banter, Kyle puts the wand on the tip of his finger and it automatically starts to spin. The CGI here was horrible. It was so bad. <laughs> when I was watching this with Joe, I was like, he called the feet to Watha with the power of the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh my God. Because <laughs> that's exactly what it was. It was, I just feel like the Power Rangers had better CGI than this. It was a really bad. It reminded me of like them old Disney shows. They used to come on and be like, oh, look, chick, it's spinning. <gasps> like that's what it looked like. It was just really bad. Like, you know, like you could see the. The, 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 the string to attach the wand as it's spun. Like, that's how bad it was. It was... Bruh. So they don't know why it's spinning and Leo enters. And Leo is like, what the hell? You using your magic for pussy? Only I can do that around here. That's what he was acting. Like, yo, in yesterday's recording, I said this at the top of the episode, but I'm saying it now. Leo's a fuckboy. Fuck Leo this episode. Fucking asshole. Like, you can't even give me a good reason to care about Kyle, but you're over here yelling at him for doing the same shit to you do. Right. Like, how you go, what the hell do you think you're doing? Bitch, what the fuck does it look like? He's spinning this stupid-ass wand. And <laughs> because, like, Kyle he, starts to stutter. 
And Leo's response is telling your friend goodbye. Like, bitch, this ain't your house. You love don't live here no more. By the Anyway, like he is so fucking. Yo, they treat Jenny like shit though. <laughs> Like, treated like shit. She's like, okay, just tell Piper my uncle Dan says to call her. Like, first of all, Dan's pussy for sending Jenny over. Secondly, Dan was like, I think that that motherfucker's still in the house. Can you go over there and just look? Just go and look to see if he's still there. I bet you that that was it. It was. It had nothing to do with calling her. It was like, go and see if that man is still in the house. They used to you just popping up at their house being annoying. Go check for me. Like, this is exactly why Jenny went back to Saudi Arabia. Because you know, like, he was like, all Uncle Dan does is use me to pick up chicks. I'm done. They with like Urkel. I mean, <laughs> she unsuccessfully was the Urkel. Remember, Urkel was supposed to be there for one episode. He lasted the entire series. Mm. So... After she leaves, Leo turns to Kyle and goes, so you still think that you're not the chosen one? I'm sorry. That shit spinning does not equate to me taking out a 200-year-old witch. (laughs) First of all, again, all he did was the Harlem Globetrotter spin. Like, if that's the case, just go to Harlem and get them to fight to Watha. Like, what the hell? I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Hold on a second. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with you. So the next scene after Leo does his Leo, Leo is like, you know, that drunk ex-boyfriend that always show up, even though like (laughs) your mom has consistently like told him like, nah, you can't be here no more. You know the movies, some old BET movies? Like, why are you still showing up at my house? Like, why are you still, like, acting like, like, my kids don't like you? Why are you still here? That's how Leo is acting in this episode. I'm laughing. And I was like, boyfriend just show up at your house. Like, yes, I do remember. You have to put that BET disclaimer on there. I was like, oh, I'm real trigger, real quick. <laughs> so the next scene, you see Tuatha back in the cave. And she moves a rock and the book is there and she's going through, it's basically her book of shadows and Mm -hmm. to disempower a witch requires a fresh human heart. And I just need to say like, you couldn't kill her. So you embodied her into a a, a cave basically. Mm -hmm. And you decided that the next best thing was to have her book of shadows next to her. So also on that note, it's established in this episode that one human heart can strip one witch of her powers. Um, but this rule is broken in future episodes. So, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, everybody has their own way of doing things, you know? <laughs> Somebody uses a magic potion. Other people uses human hearts. Hey. <laughs> you have to make witchcraft work for you. <laughs> so... In reviewing my notes really quickly, so Tuatha is an evil witch in this episode, but she also appeared as the daughter of a warlock, an angel, who went on to date one of the main characters for several episodes. So she uh, she was born into this, baby. (laughs) 
So at the same time, um, and I, we jumped over this. They're in the, they're in the manor, mm-hmm. uh, the, the sisters, right? Before they go into the attic, earlier in the season or earlier in the episodes, Prue makes a comment to the point where she's like, oh, I know the Book of Shadows the best. No, she said Phoebe knows the Book of Shadows the best. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes better sense. Because I was like, so what the fuck has Phoebe been doing this entire time? Okay, that makes sense. Actually, so- <laughs> Phoebe actually used her power of this entire episode. So what? she better know the book. She got to be useful with something. You're right. So um, Phoebe finds a scrying spell. And basically, it's uh, how witches find something or someone magically. They need a map, a piece of string, and a crystal. And they end up using scrying spells a lot throughout yep. This is uh, this is the introduction to scrying because <laughs> they use it like almost every other episode after this. Yeah. Uh, like so then we end up going before. into back into the Blair Witch Project. Uh, so anyway, the hikers in this episode are looking for their Blair Witch and they're named uh, Joshua, Michael, and Heather, the three leads in the film, uh, the Blair Witch Project. So... Again, this was literally a blatant ripoff of the Blair Witch Project, which supports my theory that that mummy script was floating around Hollywood for a long time, and it passed the Charms writer's room, which is why that episode turned out the way it did. (laughs) I mean, but even even on the nose, um, one of them goes, like, so Tuatha jumps out, and she's like, did I scare you? The guy goes, yes, and he goes, she asked him if he was lost and her response is yeah we're just walking around in circles a couple of friends and i are making a documentary on the blair witch like they don't have it at this point so like and question answer this everybody just be hanging out in this park looking for treasure or witches because the other the, the blair bitch one and two were looking like we're looking for gold what where is this place what part of this is this? <laughs> Where? Yo, let's make those sense. All the acres that man got. This is not your land. This is the land <laughs> of everyone. <laughs> so she's like... on Yellowstone. Hold on, getting off topic. They'll never miss a beat to be like, this, this land don't belong to you, white man. They don't. Every other episode is like... Every episode, he'd be like, it belongs to you for now. (laughs) (laughs) That's not your win, colonizer. Every other episode. He loves saying that. (laughs) I know as a Native American, though, he must enjoy (laughs) telling Kevin Costner. (laughs) Look, you colonizer. (laughs) I love that for him. That must be like healing on a level that I will never understand. To never be able understand. To look at like the person who's done you trauma, or the embodiment of the person who's done you trauma, and then be like, "You ain't, you ain't shit. Your lineage ain't shit." And soon I'm gonna put an end to it. All the time you'd be like, <laughs> "Now you see what it feels like to be us." I'd be like, "Now you know what it feels like when people take your shit." <laughs> Anyway, back to the when they, when they got together to like take out the people. He was like, "This is, this is for now." But I'm coming for your shit later. Damn. Okay. Anyway, anyway, so Tuatha ends up throwing pixie dust on this on his dude's chest, and 
basically taking his heart out. And as she's taking his heart out, she's like, did you know it takes 15 to 20 seconds for a person to die after their heart has been damaged? And since that time is almost up from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for yours. And that is the best line that's given in this episode because other than that, Tuaka gives me nothing. First of all, that is the cleanest heart I have ever seen. You literally ripped that out of that man's chest and not a blood was in sight. Not a drop of blood in sight. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Look, they didn't have the extra money for all of that, okay? You had spinning wands. You had... Orbing. (laughs) Orbing. You had bitches getting popped out of tombs. You had a snake that would just magically pop up. Where's the money for this? Where's the money for this? You got it? CW don't. WB don't. (laughs) Anyway. So as she's doing all of that, they're doing the scrying and they find her. So we know that she's in the Lost Caves in Murrow Woods. So downstairs, though, Kyle is still trying to make the wand spin on his finger. And it doesn't work again. And Leo's like, you just need to know that it came from your heart from inside of you and you willed it. And Kyle is like, so I'm supposed to like will some random broad dead? This doesn't make sense. And Leo is just like, but you just need to believe in yourself, Parappa the Rapper. You just got to believe. <laughs> what? He was like, well, what did you think about the last time you made it work? Uh, I was just trying to impress Jenny. Well, think about that. Like, <laughs> Jenny? All right. He, he was like, oh, that's why it worked. Your heart was in it. I just met Jenny two seconds ago. My heart don't got nothing to do with this. And Jenny, if, if the world depends on somebody being in love with Jenny, we would have all died. <laughs> okay. So they go downstairs, tell Leo that they have found her and that they're going to attempt to vanquish her. And Leo was like, no, wait, don't, please. And Piper says, it's nothing personal, Leo. It's just business. Going back into what you said earlier, that if they were still on good terms, she would have sided with Leo. Yeah. So they open up the door and Jack is at her house, which is weird and stalkish. Because how do you find where I live? Yeah. So this is also why it's stalkerish because Jack is like, your perfume is classic and distinct. And so we're meant to believe that he showed up. He somehow still figured out where that old lady lived, got to her house, saw that the door was opened, didn't call the cops, but smelled Prue's perfume. And it was like, ah, Prue has the wand. Let me figure out where she lives. Because that's like that's what we're supposed to believe. And if that's the case, that's creepy as fuck. And Jack's a demon. It's serial killer shit. It's definitely serial killer shit. (laughs) That that is serial killer shit to the 10th degree. I don't... Could you imagine? Because he's like, that scent. That musk. I Sir. Really would have called the cops. Like, Daryl, who we don't see in this episode, but Daryl, I have a stalker. Ugh. So, 
um, Jack tells Prue that the wand is his and that all is fair is love and war. And Dan shows up. Leo's still there. Dan asked, Dan asked um, if Leo is, he goes, is he still here? And Leo pipes up, never left actually. At this point, we gotta fight. We have to fight. You called me pussy. You insulted my honor. We have to fight. I don't care about this honor on you, this honor on your cow, and this honor on your bum ass knees. <laughs> never left. Yo, we have to scrap. You said I was pussy and that my mom's is a hoe. So. <laughs> And on top of that, the girls leave, right? So as they're like having this conversation, they're leaving. And Dan goes, you don't got no other house to repair. Like, why are you always here, bitch? <laughs> First of all, that scene was so overwhelming because you had Kyle in the background, like <laughs> trying to make the wand work. Leo over here puffing out his chest. Dan puffing out his chest. And Lachlan being a dickhead talking about giving my wand. I need my wand. This is a perfect opportunity for Piper to freeze the entire room and be like, these men really ain't shit. Ain't shit at all. But no, they let Phoebe do Just walked out. No, Phoebe was like, Piper will call you, fuck you and your wand. Leo, keep working with Kyle. And just dipped. <laughs> like, it was. Which I which I feel like, God, I hate the fact that they're going to make me say with a Javier episode. But in a Javier episode, they like, would have all been frozen. They would have been frozen. The girls would have talked it out. And then she would have like this was the this is a classic opportunity to do the freeze and we don't see it. The same freeze that we saw, because we literally just saw this in Devil's Music, where it was like Daryl. Uh, the dude with the uh, with the the loan and like the the manager of the band, mm-hmm. all of them coming at them, and Piper just frees the whole room because it's overwhelming. Why couldn't like I don't know? We just saw it, but you can see it again. I'm like please, right? So they're they're walking up to the cave. Um, Prue says that she'll go in first because. She, Tuat doesn't realize that they're the charm one, so she only really knows about Prue. Mm-hmm. Prue goes, goes into the cave. She sees the bats. Then she sees the skeleton. Then she sees bones and a heart sitting on the rock. And then Tuatha kind of does like a jump scare behind her and is like, thank you for not keeping me waiting long. Prue is like, how would you know that I was coming? And Tuatha's like, you're a witch, bitch. I'll do the same shit. She tries to use her power. We find out that um, Tuatha has taken her powers. And clearly, that wasn't counted upon. I the other like- thing goes to the cave, and again, she uses her pixie dust and throws like something near them, and they fall to the ground. And then Tuatha's like, "Oh, it's three y'all holes. I got y'all next time." And she leaves. I feel like, like this was a missed opportunity for so much. Like yeah. we could have. Tuatha yeah. was tricked by a warlock. Why isn't this information in the Book of Shadows? Why, like, she was a good witch. Why did she turn evil? Was it because, like, the love of her life? Like, 
could it be a mirror of Leo and Piper? We have so many opportunities to like get a background story on Tuatha and it's completely missed every single time. She's not a villain. She's not a there's nothing to like or dislike about. Like a lot of these villains, like for whatever reason, you there is some sort of connection. Like you dislike them, you hate them. Like we go back to Homeboy who was upset with Dream Lover. As bad as that episode was, like he had a gross reason on why he was doing things. There is nothing here for me to like connect with at all. She, she just is a out. Bitch gone bad, but we don't know why she went bad. And like, let's be honest, the elders of today, meaning 1999, fucking suck. So the elders of yesteryear had to be worse. So come on. There were so many right. things that we could have gone with. Just for them, oh, there's witches. I'm going to kill them. Like, give me something to like go on to author. Like, absolutely nothing. We go back into the living room and Kyle is still trying to work Luan. And when I watched this episode, I was like, I I, I know what Leo was doing, but it coming from Leo. <laughs> Leo gets like really, really gruff with Kyle as Kyle is trying to work the wand and he's like you need to be invincible and you need to be able to vanquish her and innocent people are gonna die and he's like trying to be all gruff and i was like oh look at this little white lighter hmm. it doesn't even make any fucking sense because like what is the point after tawatha is vanquished like he just goes back to his regular regular life yeah that's exactly what happens like why do we care like okay so if Tawatha gets her wand back, she'll become invincible and uh, and then come back to destroy the charm ones. And then what? Like, why do we care? Why? I think demons will probably take over the world because there are no charm ones. Like, it's it's inferred. I still don't care, though. <laughs> inference in this fucking episode. Too fucking yeah. much. <laughs> Leo's doing this whole, like, I'm going to get you really, really upset to set you off, which is what happens. With Prue. Kyle ends up saying, like, Leo, does Leo, like, push him or something like that? Or they, they get into an argument, and Kyle goes, don't you, like, lay innocent people dying at my feet? Leo's like, does that make you mad? Good. Then that means you're finally being the real you. And Kyle's like, screw you. Leo throws him the wand, and they start art. Like, it's so bad. Because, one, coming from Leo who gets bitched in every episode <laughs> like not even just that it's just the like you're putting all this at my feet with no and i just met you less than 12 hours ago but, yeah that too but also like why does it why why is it me why because you're the seventh like, son of the seventh son. I feel like I'm Anthony fucking Hamilton over here. Why? Like why do I care? Why? Because the theme song says, I am the sun and I'm the heir. And you're the seventh son of the seventh son. And you're human and you need to be loved. That they're the seven sons? Just like everybody else does. See, you've already waited too long. And all your hope is gone. Anyway, so (laughs) Leo antagonizes uh, Kyle to violence and he uses his magic, his new foul magic. He uses a wand to throw him out the window. And 
And Leo's like, not bad. I, I would have been like, motherfucker, can y'all just take me home, please? I got I got math homework due in the morning. <laughs> like, like they it's so fucking weird, bro. It's bad. So as that's happening, the girls end up coming back. And they're like, well, what the fuck happened? And Leo's like, a little training, that's all. And Prue was like, training through my fucking glass window? My stained glass window? Like, who's paying for this? The beginning of a long gag. Yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, is it because the other one where, like, the multi-Prues, the dude jumped through the window? Yeah. So... She's like, Leo, what if somebody saw you? And Leo goes, someone like neighbor Dan? And then- stupid piece of shit. You're supposed to be hiding the fact that magic exists. So Leo sees that um, Piper is bleeding. And that's going to come up later. But they're having a conversation. And Kyle's like, so did you like kill her? And she's like, nope. We got our asses handed to her. It's all on you, baby boy. And Kyle is like, nope, <laughs> I gotta go. It's, it's, we're done. And Piper, finally, Piper, finally somebody steps up and is like, you can't force the seventh son of the seventh son to do anything, even if it's his destiny, because he's a kid. Like, you can't force anybody to do this. And Prue is like, well, this isn't going to matter. Like, none of this matters if he goes back into the world and tells people about magic or witches if, you know, they're going to be dead because he's not doing his death. Like, none of this, like, nobody cares. Like, he don't care. I don't care. I'm with Kyle on this. Like, I don't care. It just, it just, there's nothing for me to connect to in this episode at all. And no. y'all just being like, oh, he's 17. He's too young. Blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Nobody cares. And it's not even like y'all really care for the fact that he's too young. It's just the fact that, like, y'all want to be the ones to be the bad bitches. And, like... Right. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly... It, it, it's hubris. So we see the other two um, campers find the dead body of Joshua. So Michael and Heather find the dead body of Joshua. And they're, like, kind of panicking over it. Tuatha ends up also taking their hearts to seal the deal and take the powers of the other two sisters. We go back into the kitchen and Piper is cleaning her forehead with a wet towel and Leo comes in and now it's all this like romance and angst and Piper, Leo's trying to clean Piper's forehead and Piper's like, don't touch me. I My nether regions get all tingly when you touch me and I'm confused. <laughs> I don't want to be confused anymore. <laughs> and I get that. I get that a thousand percent. And he's just like, oh, but it's my job to like take care of you. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. And she ends up healing the wound. So Leo says he'll never understand you. He won't understand your secret and what you're all about. Not like I can. And he's such a fuck boy. He over here dirty macking in the worst way possible. <laughs> I was like, really, really? Like, this is the time for you to do this? This is, this is, this is the time. And Piper's like, no, but like, at least I know he's going to like show up and not like be gone for three weeks in Australia for whatever reason. Like, ugh, Leo is so, 
he did himself no service in this episode at all, at all. So Kyle has left and he's walking up the pathway and Dan, this doesn't make any sense. So Kyle is walking up the pathway. Dan's car is driving past and Jenny's now in the car. Yeah, and she jumps out the car to be like, oh my God, Kyle! And rightfully so. And they're on their way home because Jenny says, Kyle is a friend of Piper's. I'll be home soon. So that earlier scene doesn't make... Is it contributing there? I don't understand. Nothing makes sense. Because, like, (laughs) why are you jumping out of my fucking car to see some boy? Talking about how I'll be home in a little while. No, you'll be home now. Yeah. Jenny, and and she's so annoying. Where's your magic wand? Are you okay? Like, I don't know you. Go away. So he says that um, the Hallowells have him have this idea that he is somebody that he's not and Jenny goes well Phoebe once told me that if it matters to you it matters and if they think you're something then you probably are and I guess that is supposed to be like his his (sighs) the battery in his back yeah to like make him go back and save the world if the world was dependent on Jenny we are fucked okay (laughs) That was the wackest inspirational speech I've ever heard. You know them for a couple of months, but if Phoebe says, you know, that you're cool, then you're definitely cool, okay? Shut up. (laughs) So now we are back in the manor. Piper is, like, you see, it's, like, almost from, like, a floor level. You see, like, Piper walking around. The snake appears. Um... But Piper is still talking to Phoebe. She doesn't see it. Um, they did find the spell about the human heart, but they're not going to use it, clearly. Um, Piper goes, well, take mine, because all it does is get me in trouble anyway. Which was really cute. It was a cute scene. Leo jumps in. Um, he screams out, Snake. Uh- <laughs> and Piper... <laughs> Piper's like, Snake? But you're the one who, like, she was ready. She was 100% ready to, to tear his ass down. But it's actually a real Snake Piper. It's not. He's not being insane. <laughs> Prue gets a fireplace tool and cuts the snake in half. And then the two halves turn into two snakes. And they try to freeze them. It doesn't work. Um, Kyle is at the doorway. He runs inside. Leo throws him um, the wand. Kyle screams out, die! And the snake disappears. Like, clearly you can tell this is a, a high school student doing magic, and you see it later too, like, die! And like, then... Wh- who is this for, bro? Yeah. So they end up making potions. Um, they have a potion to induce sleep, they have a potion to repel an evil threat, and then this one puts out fire. There's a potion that that's water. Actually water. <laughs> Because there was no potion to give Kyle courage. So it's just water. Um, And obviously everybody's scared because they're depending on a 17-year-old. Yeah, like, 
I mean, but I guess it's better than, you know, depending on Jenny. Again, the lesson for the day is not take our powers for granted. And I feel like we get this lesson like every, every other week. Yeah. <laughs> so if they get the powers back, obviously they're going to help Kyle defeat Tuatha. And then they just need to find a way to make Kyle feel more courageous without magic. So they're talking to Kyle. Kyle's like, you know, I'm ready because Tuatha's going to come. We got this. Tuatha appears. Phoebe throws... <laughs> Yo, Phoebe getting bitched in every fucking episode. Phoebe throws the potion at Tuatha, and Tuatha kind of like chuckles it off. And then Tuatha's like, oh, look, you little bitch. Let me show you how this is done. <laughs> and which and one? throws uh, something at Phoebe. And not only does it take Phoebe out, it takes Leo oh, out. No. It takes Leo out because he ran to help Phoebe directly inhaling the uh, the sleeping potion. And by doing that dumbass shit, he actually hit his head on the table on the way down. Should have stayed where your ass was at. Mind your business. Then, then he throw. Then she throws something at Prue and Piper, and they end up turning into like they start to turn into water. And <laughs> Tuatha um, tries to grab the wand, and she's basically like antagonizing Kyle. She's like, you're not the chosen one. At least the last person was able to entomb me. You can't do shit, motherfucker. What you gonna do? They throw their water, (laughs) bottle of water at Kyle. And Oh no, they do some fucking stupid campy shit where it's just like, Prue, the courage spell, the courage potion. Yeah, I was trying to avoid that because it was so bad. (laughs) And they make Kyle like drink the water all the while no, they throw the bottle of water at his feet. Oh, yeah. And then is like, what? There's no curve potion. And Prue's like, what? Now look who's teaching you. Kyle, get the wand. You can do it. And Kyle goes, I wish for the wand. And they start doing this whole weird thing where the, where the wand is floating back and forth between Kyle and Tuatha. And Piper's like, don't give up, Kyle. You gotta believe. And then in the last burst of like, Beliefness. <laughs> the wand goes to Kyle, and Kyle goes, I wish you gone forever. And Tuatha screams, No. And then Kyle disappears. I, could you imagine? Like, somebody wrote this. Two people wrote this. Like, and that's why I read out the last scene because can you imagine, like, sitting here, you know, doing, <laughs> doing your sex in the city? <laughs> Tuatha said, that's my one. And then Piper said, don't give up, Kyle. I believe. And they're like, this is some good shit. This this right here, good shit. <laughs> Yo, this episode, it was hard to stay in it. It was hard, very hard to stay engaged and not go on TikTok. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, like, I walked out the room sometimes. Like, I didn't, I'm going to be honest. Like, I didn't watch a lot of it. The, like, <laughs> I only watched it once. I normally watch it twice. You do typically watch it two or three times. I was like, damn. I was watching this like, shit, Reno got watch this a second time? It was a one and done for me. Because, like, it's so bad. The writing is bad. The direction is bad. It was rough. And I feel that, like, I feel bad saying that the direction is bad. But, like, he wasn't given anything to work with. He definitely tried though. He tried, but it wasn't good enough. So let's wrap this up. So um, 
Leo, Piper sees Leo, walks him over to a chair. Phoebe is knocked the fuck out. She's snoring. She's making little noises. She rolls over. That's um, days. <laughs> and Piper and Leo, I guess, have this really brief, you know, heart to talk. Heart. And Leo's like, you know, I finally get exactly what's going on here. I get that you deserve like a normal life, you know, and I can't give you that. And we now know why witches and white ladders aren't supposed to fall in love. And he orbs out. And I think that's such a bitch ass move. Because he over here like, damn, I really just can't pop up in your life and pretend like everything is all good in the hood. Wow. You really fucked me over. Like, that's exactly what it was. Because, like, he's admitting defeat for now because he got to figure out which way he can fucking fuck over Dan in the future. <laughs> so we find out that the wand is broken because it has served its purpose. Um, and Prue does admit to Kyle that there was no courage potion and that, you know, they it's made it up. All that... along. Right, right. Um and Kyle's like, but none of this changed anything. And you know what? And I'm with Kyle in this. None of this changes anything. Like, everything really I just did did not affect my life in any way. I now go back tomorrow being a normal person, and nobody's ever going to believe that I saved the world. And Prue's like, yeah, we, we know what you did. Time. We know it. And you don't know what else is out there, Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. You don't know what else you're destined for. I was like, okay. So finally, we're at P3. Um, I had a song, and it was kind of dope. It was Show Me by Bree Sharp that was playing in the background. Oh, I definitely didn't even look it up. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> it was Show Me by Bree Sharp playing in the background. Um, and they're basically talking about, like, well, what are they going to talk? Like, how are you going to tell Jack, like, what happened to the poor lady who owned the world? who owned the wand and Prue's like, I don't really care. I just kind of called him so I can get rid of this thing. <laughs> but like, what proof does he have that Prue had the wand? Right. Like, fuck that. And Phoebe asks if you're, are you using this as an excuse to see him again? And she's like, ah, don't be ridiculous. This is business. It's not personal. This is the third time they have used this line. The third time. Oh, I know. One with Leo, one with Piper. Like, I get it. It's not... Like, they should have called the episode It's Not Business as Personal. That's what we're calling the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then Phoebe goes, well, where have I heard that before? And Piper's like, oh, got a date, got to go. Phoebe is like, oh, I do think Jack is cute. And Prue is like, but he's a jerk, but how do I look? So, and so Prue ends up giving the wand back to Jack. Jack says that the wand is broken. Um, nice. And she's like, well, look, now it's worth what you're going to buy it for anyway. And Jack offers her a drink, and then they can talk about how she outsmarted him with the wand. And Prue's like, yep, I'll brag a little. And so they've had their first, like, mini date. Dan and Piper are now having a conversation. And Dan's like, look, I'm, let's make this easier for you. I know about you and, and that handyman, Leon, which is a jab, because we all know it's Leo. That man ain't Leon. Of all the names you could have picked Leon, I would have called him, like, Lee, I'd have called him like Luke. Luke. <laughs> Leon. All right. So Piper's like Leo, and Dan's like, "Look, I'm I'm not stupid. I know you guys are more than just friends, and he's always around the house." And Dan and Piper's like, "Look, it's over." Dan looks upset, and she's like, "Not you and me, dummy." 
I met you, me, and him. And that's why I want to see you tonight. And Dan's like, are you sure? And Piper's like, I am sure. And then they kiss. And this horrible, horrible episode has been laid to rest. The end. Like, I just... Why would you write this episode? Like, (laughs) this episode fucking sucks. Anyway, so we can... I, I think we that helps us go right into actually we can do love interest chemistry first because that's how it's ordered um okay. leo was a fuckboy it's not like piper wasn't clear stop being salty that was a real ass kiss between dan and piper and jack yeah. and crew Ugh. i'm not here for that at all at all it is mm-hmm. a thing that happens i'm just not here for it mm-hmm the only good thing about this episode is that this is the last time we see Jenny yeah that's it it's like I'm it's (laughs) I don't even know what else to say it it was it was bad it was bad (laughs) it was badly written it's not even bad we can like joke about it like I feel like there have been really there have been episodes that have been so bad that we spend the entire podcast dogging it but i kind of just want to wrap this shit up <laughs> like bro i i'm mean, this, hor- this is a horrible episode to come back from <laughs> like i'm so upset that like we were on break for so long and this to come back to this is just it's disappointing to say the least yeah oh man like Lachlan Monroe does nothing. Like, I don't give a shit that he's supposed to be the new love interest to give, like, Prue a run for her money because he's just a creepy fucking um, eBay guy. Like, it's not an internet startup. You literally just work for eBay. Shut up. <laughs> like, go away. There's not, like, there's nothing endearing about this episode. Leo being a fuckboy is not even good. Like, Mm-hmm. Like, had he done the prop, had he handled this properly and was still being petty, it would have worked. But you literally don't respect the fact that this woman has put an end to your relationship. No, act, like at least to your romantic relationship, bro. Like, respect that. Stop being salty. Stop acting like you're entitled to her time and her body. He said he got the elders on his side. He don't give a fuck about Dan. <laughs> and Dan don't give a fuck about you, as we can see. Leon. Oh, um, would you have done anything differently besides not writing this episode? I would have filled at least 99% of the plot holes. Because the thing about it is Charmed is always full of plot holes. It's literally always. always filled with things that need further explaining. But these, like, this sister duo literally stole from Antiques Roadshow. They stole from Blair Witch Project. They stole from, like, literally everybody and made an episode but what had nothing behind, with no substance behind it. None. None. It was it was rough. It was... I would have fleshed out Rowena better, and I would have... Like, if you were going to use a high school student, then you need to, like... Ugh, I don't know. It was bad. Because we've used high school students before and we've... Ugh, it was just bad. I don't know. I don't know. I'm ready to wrap this up. 
Um, <laughs> on a scale of one to I ten, three out of ten sexy prude tops. That's the only That's redeeming the is Piper's blowout and that outfit from Prue. I will give it two uh, two pairs of chopsticks. <laughs> like, oh man, I I started watching like next week's episode, but then I stopped because I was like, I I need a break. This shit was, it was bad. bad. It was rough. Ugh, but like, I was, I, like, as I was watching it, I was like, all right, we're almost at the end. And I've never done a Charmed episode like that before. Like, God. Like, it, I to, like I said, I don't think I said it this time around, but when we tried it last yesterday to record, this episode reminded me of why season one and season two don't exist in my head and why Charm starts at season three. Yeah, because it's just like, why do we care about any, uh, it's, it's very annoying because it's, I understand that this is the stepping stone for a lot of people. It's like law and order, supernatural, um, in that way where you kind of like, you know, you made it when you did like, you wrote an episode of Charmed or you directed an episode of Charmed, but like they were just giving everybody a try and like not everybody deserves. And I know you brought up Supernatural and I, now that I've watched it, the showrunner for Supernatural, um, Kripke. Mm-hmm. those first five seasons were solid because he had a plan. He knew he knew that if even if after season five they got canceled, he was he gave you a story. Yeah, there was a story a there. Story. From episode one to episode the last episode in season five, there was a, a fully fleshed out story, and that makes me sad that like we don't really start to get that until season three. And season like, two was like if it had gotten canceled, I can understand why it would have gotten canceled. There's not, besides saying we're the charmed ones, we're here, we're not queer, we're fabulous. Like <laughs> there's 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 nothing else giving. Whereas like I don't know, like watching Supernatural was almost like a breath of fresh air because you could clearly tell that. And and don't get, don't get me wrong, not all episodes of season five were great too. But there was a purpose for every there was a goal episode. That story being told. There was a lot of things being a lot of callbacks that like served a purpose. There were things that were set up, but it actually served a purpose. And Charles, yeah, it just and Charles, it just feels like everybody is winging it. They're like, we don't know how long this is gonna last, right? So let's everybody have is their time. supernatural. Like the first few episodes are like the monster of the week before you start to realize, okay, there's there's a story here. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always a story, but like the first few episodes are like monster of the week episodes, and we're <laughs> on season two and we're still doing this with nothing cohesive to like take it to the to the chorus, right? Like. Yeah, because like even in season one, we had Rex and Hannah, who at least try to bring some cohesiveness. Where are they, or where are their season two counterparts? Right, you added. Where... Like, what is this episode six? Yeah, and nothing that Lenny and Dan to the cast, and with the exception of Dan, like being a love interest. Nothing has been added. Nothing has been gained from. We haven't really learned anything that we don't already know in season one. Like, uh, it it just seems like 
they were like, we just here. We're going to do whatever we can for right now. And then we'll see what happens. It's a very we'll see what happens as series. Right, right. So the next episode is They're Everywhere. I'm trying to pull up the synopsis real quick to see if it like, if you remember. I think it started with like, here we go. It's a group of warlocks that are knowledge thieves and they're hunting down a young man named Eric who has uncovered the location of one of the greatest sources of power in the world, the Akashic Record. Meanwhile, Prue has her hands full. The Akashic Records ring some bells, but not a lot of bells. I'm being completely honest. And with that being... Oh, this is, speaking of uh, Supernatural, we get young Misha Collins. Yes. Okay, now I remember. Okay, so Piper and Phoebe, I mean, Piper and Prue uh, cast a spell to hear each other's thoughts and it goes awry. They're trying to figure out if Dan and Jack are warlocks because this is the first self-preservation spell we've seen from these bitches. <laughs> they cast a spell to see if uh, Jack and Dan are, well, Jack and Diane are um, are warlocks. And, you know, it also has, I believe, Dean Norris from Breaking Bad in the episode. Well, we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there. Oh, my God. When we get there. I know. Uh. 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 What's up? Interesting. Is this real? Oh, no, this can't be real. Okay, it's not real. Never mind. I heard so there was a concept, and I didn't know if it was a fan concept or not, but there was a concept that season four, we got a brother instead of Paige. And I was like, oh, that would have been perfect because I hate Paige. But it's just a fan concept. <laughs> so I'm okay. So, you know, we're getting Misha Collins, and Misha's always nice to look at, at least. Young Misha. I know. So, a few things, you know, not bad. Uh, this, I'm sorry, guys. This wasn't great. Guys, but we did it. It took us two days. Two days. Three and a half hours. (laughs) No, it's only two hours and 17 minutes as of right now. Including um, last yesterday's uh, minutes too. (laughs) (laughs) And the baby slept through it. Guys, this episode has been brought to you by the letter N for nap time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Girl Charm. And catch us on TikTok as I go through my feelings about Supernatural. (laughs) My feelings. Bye. Bye.